Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree is on every day with Herman Kane. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 955 and AM 750. WSB. We are America. One voice united we stand. We are America. We are the greatest nation in the world. A breath of fresh air. Common sense. Very impressive. He's articulate and he knows exactly what we need. Herman Kane. Herman Kane. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Kane. Thank you for joining us. Because you know we are going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed and better inspired for a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Hey, Herman. Good morning. The balance budget battles begin. Where are we? Yeah, I don't know that I'd use the term balanced budget. Yes, the GOP House plan that uh, was <laughs> rolled not? out today. Well, when you hear the term balanced budget, how quickly does that translate to you? This Republican plan would balance the budget in 2024 in nine years. So you can call it a balanced budget, but there would be uh, well over $1.3 trillion added to the debt under this plan that was rolled out today by the House Budget Committee Chairman Tom Price. Now, granted, that's a lot less than the president's uh, budget plan, which would add, I think it's about $6-plus trillion to the national debt over the same period. So uh, if there are Republicans who want a real swift move to balance the budget, that is not going to happen. I think this is an improvement by one year over what had been proposed earlier by Republicans, which was they get to a balanced budget in 10 years. They would do it uh, by basically reducing entitlement spending, which, of course, is going to be very, very controversial. Medicare changes and more doing away with the Obama health law. Also, a little uh, dynamic scoring, arguing that tax changes and other things would promote new economic growth. So the, the balance would not occur that rapidly, not until, well, let's see, we've got a presidential election in 2016, one in 2020, and another one in 2024. So three presidential elections from now. But you said it doesn't really balance. I don't understand. Well, no, it balances in nine years. Okay. But and not you said it's going to still add to the deficit. $1.3 trillion to the national uh, but, debt. But in the ninth year, it would be not adding, right? You are correct, yes. Okay. That's why they're calling it a proposed a balanced, budget. balanced budget. Exactly. I, I think that I would call a balanced budget one that balances right away. See what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. But um, uh, whether that is going to be something that for a lot of Republicans is not quick enough, we'll have to see over the next week or so. I would bet there's some of the newly elected lawmakers that would say, yeah, I don't want to wait nine years. On the other hand, it, it might be good enough for them knowing that uh, trying to balance the budget is not easy. It sounds like it should be easy to get rid of uh, the $450, $460 billion a year deficit, but it takes a little doing. The uh, The GOP budget plan, the amount of money spent each year would grow. I think it's at $3.7 trillion for this year, and then it would top out at just over $5 trillion in 2025. So over the 10 years, it would certainly grow by a good chunk. What's that, about 30% or so? I agree. I see what you're saying, and I would agree with you. But here's how you can get it to balance immediately. You put a freeze on increases in every department in Washington, D.C., and watch the fraud, waste, and abuse come flying out of there like fat off of a fat person who's on a diet like me. And I'm saying, yeah, 
um, it can be done, but they don't want to take that battle. I mean, look, the Democrats are going to scream bloody murder. No matter what you propose. No matter what you put on the table. Yes, you are absolutely right about that. Okay. But this is uh, this does not envision uh, flat funding or anything like that. As I said, the budget, when you look at it, and mainly it's a lot of growth in entitlement spending. But, for example, this year, uh, 2016, for next year, they would envision $3.78 trillion in spending. It would go down a little in 2017, but then continue up, 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 up over $4 trillion in 2019 and getting over $5 trillion by 2025. So you're going from a $3.7 trillion budget to a $5 trillion budget. So that's certainly not freezing along the way. I, I got you. Now, what are the major divisions amongst the Republicans right now? Well, I would say that the balanced budget issue is one. I'm sure there are some lawmakers that would like to see a, say, a three or four year balanced budget plan rather than nine years. Uh, defense spending is the other thing. In this, the, the Republicans are leaving the budget caps in place. They are trying to use sort of an extra, what they call the war funding, the OCO account, as it's known by shorthand up here, and to, to funnel more money into the Pentagon, which is what they've been doing to get around the budget caps for the last couple of years. But the White House and Democrats have signaled they're not going to go along with that. They want to bust the budget caps both for defense spending and for, so, uh, for domestic spending. So uh, I, I'm not sure uh, if, the, if there's enough in here in extra defense money for a lot of Republicans who have made very clear that if it falls short of what the president wants to do in terms of money, they might oppose the GOP plan. Now, speaking of spending, um, you don't hear a lot of talk about the debt ceiling, but they are coming up against a um, barrier on that pretty soon. Yeah, that ran out. Uh, now we're into the situation where Uncle Sam right now can no longer borrow any money. We've reached the debt ceiling, the debt limit for the federal government. At some point in time over the next uh, five, six, seven months, they're going to have to approve something to either suspend that or to raise the debt ceiling, uh, the, the limit. And again, there's a lot of Republicans that don't want to raise that debt limit at all, arguing that that only allows for more deficit spending in the future. Gotcha. Well, I... You know, the, the the thing that's most troubling to a lot of the listeners and me and others is the division amongst the Republicans, and I don't know how that's going to be resolved. You know, that's and that's been the thing that yeah. uh, that I've I've talked about for a while, yes, ever since have. Election Day. It's not like Republicans have celebrated their victories. It's almost like they fought each other even more bitterly ever since they took charge of the House and Senate. This will be a test for them because, look, as a lawmaker, you're never going to get a perfect piece of legislation. No. It's just not going to happen. You're right. going to have to. It's like life, Herman. I always uh, ask people whenever I do speeches, I always say, I always talk about how I want to play golf every day. But if I played golf every day, I wouldn't have a job, and my wife would probably boot me out of the house as well. I have to compromise on that. Everybody compromises in their life. But when it comes to politics, nobody wants to compromise. Nobody wants to give in. They want exactly what they want. This is a test over these next 10 days for Republicans. Some lawmakers will look at this plan from either the House or Senate Republicans and say, yeah, I don't like X or Y about it. But are they going to step up and vote for it because it is their party's plan, or are they going to risk it going down to defeat simply because they'd like to see something different? So you're saying there's no truth to the rumor that you do, in fact, play golf every day? <laughs> no, I wish Oh, I did, okay. All right. The no, word was getting out there, Jamie. I would love to have that happen, yes. Uh, the Secret Service situation is the issue here. I know one issue is there are some uh, some weaknesses in the coverage that the service is, provide, the service is providing. Secondly, is it the issue of not reporting and not putting breathalyzers on the two agents that kind of whooped it up a little bit too much? Uh, what are the main issues that are unfolding with the testimony? Is it Clancy who's head of the Yeah, the head of the Secret, Secret Service. Service. I mean, this is one of the most brutal tongue lashings that I've seen in a while for somebody that lawmakers clearly like 
and clearly respect, but I think they have had it. I think that they they thought that they'd gone through all this work to get things fixed at the Secret Service, and yet this episode simply brings back everything that's happened so far. For a lot of lawmakers, it's not only the culture of agents going out and boozing it up, but then the issue of did others, others in a sense, cover for them by not giving them a breathalyzer test? Did uh, supervisors then cover for them by not reporting it up the chain of command? The Secret Service director revealing today that he and his staff found out five days later, later only because of an anonymous email that came into them that had been kept quiet for all that time. Uh, the Secret Service chief basically tried to say, hey, look, uh, I've sent this on to the Department of Homeland Security Inspector General, and they can do the investigation. I'm waiting to see what they find out. That has not washed with lawmakers of either party, who have absolutely just run the Secret Service chief up and down the flagpole. Here's a little uh, exchange between the Secret Service chief and Hal Rogers, the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee. Let's see if I can get this to roll here. You did not learn of this incident from Wednesday when it happened until Monday. Why, what happened? Why did you not learn of this incident immediately? Yes, sir, and that's what we're trying to find out uh, through, uh, obviously, the Office of Inspector General. I don't care about the Office of Inspector General. Yes, God love them and good luck to them. Oh. You're in charge. Yes, sir. This is an administrative problem you've got, among other things. What's his name? Why did you not get word from your subordinates about this incident for, what, five or six days? And I think that boils it down right there that a lot of lawmakers, uh, they know that, look, you can't just fire people on the spot, but they'd like to see some action taken right. by the Secret Service chief to send a message that this is not going to stand. The Secret Service director, though, trying to say, hey, look, there's only I can't just willy-nilly fire people on the spot or anything like that. I've got to let, uh, you know, they've got due process and, and let it play out. But for lawmakers, they, they've just had it. Uh, they, they don't get why they're having to uh, uh, basically wait for this guy to change the culture inside the Secret Service. And, boy, a lot of bipartisan frustration really boiling over in this hearing this morning. Now, Clancy, was he... A CIA insider? No, he was, you know, he. I don't know if he worked there, but he's been at the Secret Service for a number of years. He had left and was brought back. He was on the presidential detail years ago, very well known inside the agency, and that's why some people were not pleased that he was selected as the new head of the Secret Service, because people thought that somebody from outside needed to come in and be that new person in there so they wouldn't have to you know basically wouldn't have any friends inside the agency wouldn't have to worry about ruffling feathers and from what it sounds like here is that all of this went on and if not for an anonymous email that got out and then a leak to the press it might never have reached the uh, the head of the secret service and it's not clear if somebody covered up and, and told the line officers not to give a breathalyzer or what the Secret Service director tried his best not to get it into any details of what went on. But this has not been a pretty hearing for him today. He was up here with his regular budget submission, but it's turned into more of, you promised us you were going to change the culture. What are you doing? 
Well, I'm waiting for the investigation. No, that's not good enough. And it's it's been a real wow. bipartisan tongue lashing today. Well, the next time Mr. Clancy has to go up for a hearing, tell him to call me and I'm gonna share with him how I handle a similar situation. This is this is this is serious, Jamie. When I first went to Godfathers, it sounds like if he didn't hear about it for five days, there is a subculture that was keeping stuff from him. That's what it sounds like. The way I dealt with it when I took over Godfather, the subculture was my CFO. I didn't get it through an anonymous email. We didn't have email back in 1986. I got it through someone courageous enough in the, in the finance department to step forward and tell me what was going on. Within three days, not five, this person was fired. Now, I understand that they got to go through due process and all that good stuff. I would fire him and worry about due process, legalities later, before I went there and took that grilling that he had to take. It sounds as if once he found out about it, he felt like his hands was tied. No, yeah. go ahead and do what you need to do. Yeah, he said that's why he went straight right. to the Inspector General of the Department of Homeland Security, because he said if he called, he said, imagine this. What if I called in one of those officers and said what yeah. happened? Then people would say, I'm leaning on the guy to tell a different story. Well, Hal Rogers should have said, well, la-da-da, you should have done it anyway. <laughs> well, that was <laughs> the message, basically, to Everyone knew that. <laughs> I love his directness. I don't care about the Inspector General. God love him, but yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Delivering trusted solutions, solutions for a better America. He's telling America what we need to hear and helping activate everyone in the right direction. Herman Cain. La da da. I don't care about the Inspector General. You should have done something. <laughs>